Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the annual plan and also to download a training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance fines, and more. So you were approved for a tool to check bank account ownership, and you're checking diligently each time you add or change a vendor's banking details. But you wonder why are your match rates lower than you expected? One reason may be, keep listening, Welcome to episode 205. One possible reason your match rates may be lower than expected for bank account ownership validations. Wow, that was another long title and I am switching over where my uh, training courses are being housed and I had to copy and paste all these titles and I'm realizing just how long they really are. I'll get better at that. But it's true, you probably are right? Realizing that you don't have as many matches or hits uh, that are successful when you're doing your bank account ownership validations. And I know you were very happy when you had uh, or got, uh, especially if it took you a while to get approval to even get the service. And so let me just back up a little bit uh, because I do want to talk about what they are. So The bank account ownership validation um, that I'm talking about in this episode is with either early warning system or their reseller uh, GIAC uh, systems. And so EWS or GIAC, and they rely on a database that institutions or financial institutions. So from mom and pops to credit unions, to large banks, to voluntarily send them their depositor information. And not all banks do that, right? Because some banks are just too small. They don't have the uh, staff or the ability to voluntarily send that information. Um, but, you know, they're always, always increasing their footprint across uh, the United States. It's n- It doesn't include international banks, but they are increasing and they're a lot more than it was when I was looking at the service back in like 2016. And in addition to that, GIAC offers some additional uh, validations or resources, databases to check. And so I'm not going to get into that here. I actually did do an episode on free and paid banking validation resources. And so if you want more of that information, check out 
episode 172. But here I'm going to talk about one reason, possible reason that you may not get as many matches as you as you thought you would, like the percentage is down. Now, one reason is because all of the banks don't contribute their depositor information. And so that information is just not available to match to. But another reason could be is your vendor is giving you a universal payment identification code or a UPIC. Now you might wonder if you hadn't heard of it before, what is a UPIC? And a UPIC is a unique account identifier that looks and acts just like a real account number on ACH payment transactions. And the reason to use a UPIC is you want to have some uh, security around your sensitive banking information. So the actual bank account number is in effect masked by the UPIC. In addition to that, it only allows credit transactions to an account. It does not allow direct debit. So that's another advantage. Now, in order to use it, it has to be for ACH payments. It has to go through Nacho's automated clearing house for credit transactions. Kind of already said that piece. But if you have a wire routing number, like Fred Wire Credits cannot use uh, UPIC. So no wires, but ACH transactions that go through Nacho's automated clearing house or ACH will go through and those will be fine. Now, if you want more information on that to see if maybe you can use that. If your maybe AR department is sending out invoices, they want to include the banking information on there, but want to keep it safe and not reveal the actual bank account number, they can reach out to the bank and ask the bank. Now, I did do a bit of quote unquote, Google research. And I found um, at least one bank, actually it was probably more than one, but I know I found Truist and Truist has a PDF that's just out there. uh, And it talks about uh, the universal payment identification code, talks about what you can do or how you can, what it does, how you can get it. So if you're interested in that, uh, reach out to your bank. I guess that would be more on the AR side versus AP. But my point with saying all of this is that when you receive banking information or banking details from your vendor in order to send them ACH payments, you could be receiving their uh, universal payment identification code instead of the actual bank account number. And so when you take that bank account number and you enter it into whichever tool you're using. And by the way, lots of uh, tools, so I won't say lots, but many third-party providers that have portals, they are using uh, either GAIAC or early warning system in order to give you the option to do the bank account ownership check through that portal. And so uh, once you do that check, if you're using a UPIC number, it's not going to come back as valid because it's a UPIC number. Uh, And the 
thing about it is, is that you have no idea whether the vendor gave you a UPIC number in place of their bank account number. And so you go to do the bank account ownership validation, you enter in the UPIC number instead of the actual bank account number. And of course, it's not going to be a match. And you don't know why. It could be that the depositor's information is at one of these smaller banks and they that bank didn't contribute that information to the database. Or it could be that uh, the vendor is using a UPIC number instead of their bank account number. Or it could be that you fat fingered it, or it could be that the vendor fat fingered it, or it could be, it could be, you just don't uh, know if it's a you pick. So all of that to explain why one more, why there could be one more reason why the bank account validation was not successful. And one more thing on this. So I hadn't realized it, but I always talk about uh, vendors that include their bank account information on invoices. Uh, I don't agree that they should do that, um, but I may change my mind on this one because to be honest, I was not aware that the UPIC numbers were, were being used. And I did do some more quote unquote Google research and I did um, look at some information out there for banks. They have information on the UPIC number. But if you look at some of the dates, uh, it's actually been quite a while. I think the oldest one that I saw was like 2006. But I mean, this was not an official right search, but uh, they're out there and they're available. And maybe that's why you have uh, vendors uh, including in uh, bank account numbers on their invoices, which, I mean, you can't, you won't know, and you can't assume they all are. And so if you're thinking, right, it's spinning that maybe these are you pick numbers. And so maybe you don't have to comply with that recent NACHA operating rule that went into effect June 30th. And that rule stated that any companies that had 2 million or more transactions per year uh, need to render any vendor sensitive information, meaning their bank account information, uh, uh, render it unreadable when it's at rest. And so if uh, that includes the invoices uh, and it also includes uh, the bank account information when it's in your accounting system or ERP. Uh, so if you're thinking you're going to kind of squirm out of that because, oh, well, maybe all these invoices have you pick numbers that may not always uh, be the case. And so uh, probably not the only reason, but you still have to comply with that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, episode, let me see where it is. It's episode 198. Uh, it's from August 4th. So last month as of the date that this will be published, but, uh, cause it's September. And so last month I brought, uh, someone on from the, uh, the director from the operating rules department and talked about that rule. Not only that rule, but we also talked about the rule for micro entries. And again, that is episode, uh, 198. And if you are not up on your NACHA operating rules for your ACH, trans, ACH transactions, uh, you probably need to make sure that you listen to that episode because I talk about the uh, two rules uh, that were the most recent 
uh, going into effect. And then I also talk about how you can keep up to date because NACHA has a um, uh, a letter or a newsletter or news. I think they call it rules news. And that will come out to you uh, via email when they have rules news. And that's how you keep up to date. So uh, make sure you check out that episode. All right. So I know that was a very long winded one just to talk about you pick numbers and how they can uh, be one of the reasons that your bank account ownership validations are uh, not coming back successful. Um, but I think it's some great information to have. And also, I know a lot of you uh, are in charge of AR and AP. And so when you have your AR hat on, uh, and hopefully you put it on or switch back and forth in this podcast, maybe now you have some basic information that you can use to reach out to your bank. Uh, if you're not currently using UPix and you'd like to find out more information on them. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 205th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.